and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another week of TV My Husband Hates. I am here with Regan. And I say here, um... I'm in London, Reagan's in Denver, but we are supposed to be recording this episode currently in Key West. How are you feeling about that, Reagan, right now? It's been a rough week, not going to lie. Uh, I feel like I've left, I've lost a lot of my pre-weeks quarantine mojo, and I've just been tired and probably a little grumpy that I'm not drinking by the beach alone with just my friends. I know. It's... Uh, it's been a bitter pill to swallow this week. And actually, I've had to stop myself thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really have not tried to dwell on it and just move on. But I think I think it's somehow like seeped into my soul because a bit like you, I've just had the lag and the drag and I don't want to do anything. And I'm pissed off at having to homeschool them more so than usual. Yeah. And, you know, I wake up and by 11, I want a cocktail. So I think that my body is, my mind is there, but my body is not. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, anyway, we are dressed. We've got like holiday vibe clothes on. Yeah, um, I've got some uh, tropical loungewear. Nice. I'm wearing a swimsuit. Uh, but it is <laughs> it is warm here, so it's yeah. not completely crazy. Um, and we're ready to do another big podcast. We've got eight episodes again this week, um, but I think we're about to lose Family Karma. Is that right? We are. Yeah, we've only got the season finale um, is airing tomorrow, Sunday. So we'll just have one more week's of chat with that, which I'm really sad about because I love this show. Like, I've just, I love everything about it. I love the dynamics between the adults and the kids and the families and the community. And I'm sad to see it go, but I'm pretty optimistic that they will bring it back because I think it's it's been a cracker. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it too. So I hope they do bring it back. We'll be sad to see it go. Although I won't be sad to be doing um, seven episodes rather than eight. Eight is quite a lot for us to get through. Eight, eight is a lot. And again, I'm, I'm going to blame Real, Real House of Atlanta for that because we finally got the finale this week. It's episode 22. <laughs> we totally thought it would long, be done man. by now. Yeah, so, you know, that's our planning. Also, if you guys haven't heard the news, um, Real Housewives of Potomac is being pushed back to the summer um, because I think they've obviously had issues filming during Corona. So I think they've pushed that one back just to ensure programming throughout the summer. So we won't be starting that as soon, which... I guess it's a little bit of a relief, but this season looks amazing. So I'm a little sad that it's not starting tomorrow. Me too. I'm a bit of, I'm a bit sad because that's one of my favorites. I think that's a bit of an underdog in the franchise, but I really, Absolutely. really love it. It um, was actually one of the shows that we started the podcast at the very end of. So, like, it's kind of marking our coming around. Which it's is, true. It's the first returner. It is. Oh, yeah. no. Kardashians was the first Well, returner. but Kardashians have, like, short, multi-year seasons. So, true. I'm not counting them. Yeah, screw the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> other than that, I think that we should probably get on with it since we've got a big roster this week. Yes. Uh, let's kick off with the most boring show that Bravo's ever aired. Uh, this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> I'm balls deep in this. I'm not sugarcoating it anymore. I cannot no. watch this any longer. I feel like this season could have used with much more heavy-handed editing. We didn't need 22 episodes of this show. I 100%. We just didn't. Like, the content is not really there. And a question to everybody out there. Does Sally Beauty 
have a contract <laughs> with the Bravo universe because it opens up with us seeing Kenya promoting her hair there where Reza is also selling his hair care products. So I feel like there's a little connection oh, there. I have no doubt there's money involved. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're all selling their shit at Sally's. Uh, yeah. I actually can't really remember much about this episode because I deleted it from my brain. But I think we're going to start with, let's start with Cynthia. Quick chat about her and the predicament that she finds herself in. Do you think she's going to move to LA? I think 100% she's going to move to LA. I mean, her daughter's there and loving it and thriving there. Her fiance is there. They've set a wedding date, which is going to be 10, 10, 20, or at least it was. I don't know. How oh, yeah. coronavirus will affect that wedding date. Um, but yeah, I think there's a 100% chance she's moving to LA. Why wouldn't she? I know, right? I, I, I'm i not sure about the baby talk. There's been a, a few episodes, oh. some chat about Cynthia. I mean, she's 52, yeah. far be it from me to say that any woman can't fulfill her dreams. But I, I just feel, why would you? You've got a new, why? hunky, young husband. Your kids are grown. Why? I mean, coming... Coming from two women who have young children at home, like, you are on the other side. Yeah. You can't go back. No. Don't don't go back. You don't remember what it's like. (laughs) Cynthia, babe, call me. I will tell you why. I'll give you 50 damn good reasons, 52 damn good reasons why you shouldn't go back to having a baby. And we can Um, write them down so you can give yourself affirmations of these reasons every single day. But, babe, just enjoy being on the other side. Bitch, have sex. all of us. Have sex. Sleep through the night. Save your money go on holiday drink when you like you want. drink when you like just don't do it yeah um other big news kenya's getting salty we're gonna skip over this because frankly i give about as much of a shit as yeah is, i just don't uh kenya called nini a bully which is so ridiculous because it was to tmz like on the like on the tiny step and repeat of her hair reveal at the sally beauty supplies she's like you know TMZ is going to run with this bullshit and make it a huge deal. Like, you know that. Yeah. Why? Why even stir that pot anymore? Look at me. That's all she wants. That's all she wants. Jazz hands. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's she's just a vapid, gross human being at this point and genuinely could I wouldn't care if I never clapped eyes on her again yeah I mean at least until the next season of the show um but do you think Nini is a bully to her because I kind of feel like she threw this first rock like I feel like with those two there's you can't just I think they're both as bad as each other and I don't think like I, I think bullying is about the person who's on the receiving end. I don't think the bully gets to say, well, that wasn't bullying. Like, it's the person who receives it that's bullying. I don't think for a second that Kenya gives a shit about what Nini's saying. So, no, I think Nini's being fucking shady and gross. And I think think Kenya's being shady and gross. But I don't think either of them are bullied because I don't think either of them give a shit about anybody else. So No, exactly. I think it's bullshit. Um, And is that it? Is this the last one? Yes. This is the season finale of so of Atlanta. We, yeah, so we finished then. I guess the big event that was finished with some big event was the right. weirdest baby shower ever. Yeah, I mean, to give Candy and Todd credit, you know, it obviously is more about the adults because, you know, Candy is, is not pregnant. And I have no idea, like, how you navigate that. But I feel like we've seen... Like, we saw Kim Kardashian have more of a baby shower with her surrogate. Like, it's a lovely tea, people bring baby gifts, like, they just kind of celebrate the baby. I don't really know what this was celebrating. Like, I feel like the message was lost. I I do too, and I felt really, 
uncomfortable for the surrogate as well, who I felt was yeah. just sort of wheeled out. Um, yeah. Kind of, and I get, I do get that Candy was trying to make her feel involved, but I just think the pomp and show of the whole event undermined the reason for being there. Yeah, and I can't remember. Did Kim have her surrogate at the baby shower? I feel like she did. I don't think she did. No, she didn't. Yeah, and I, and and I, I think kind that of would think have been that's better. a better way to handle it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think Candy had any, like, ill will or any, like, weird intentions bringing their, out their surrogate, but it was just odd. And, like, she doesn't know anyone there. Like, yeah, it's boring it was, to just sit really on a awkward. couch while you're pregnant and not be able to drink and And then just put a there. microphone in front of her face and say, what do you yeah. have to say? It's like, oh, God, the girl's pregnant. She just wants to go home. Leave her alone. <laughs> the fuck. Just let her go and eat burgers in bed. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the shower was also slightly tainted because Todd fucked up. Yeah. And he really he started, did fuck up. I mean, I think Mama Joyce started the shit, which she always does. But I think Todd could have just walked over to her at OLG, said hello, and gone back to his seat. Like, I feel there are some social niceties that you just do. Well, and, and when it's your mother-in-law, you like, your only option is play nice or cause a huge family rift. Like, that's yeah. it. And I know Mama Joyce is difficult. I know she said some awful things. But Eva calls it right. Like, you've got to respect the mama. Like... And it's yeah. and it it isn't nice, but all he needed to do was get up, say hi, Mama Joyce. Hope you're well. I'm really busy. I've got some shit to get back to, but I just wanted to come over and say hi. Um, because it is a slight. You know, I'd feel slighted if I was in the same room as my yeah. son-in-law and he didn't come over and say hi. Absolutely, and and I think Candy's right when she calls him out on it. It's just like you can't apologize. Like you have an issue with apologizing. Like all all you needed to say was just like I'm sorry, or you know what, I did do wrong by that. And I mean, I think he kind of redeems himself by doing the public apology later. But part of me is like, you could have just avoided all this shit. And yeah. maybe I'm I'm just a natural avoider of drama to where sometimes you just suck it up say hi yeah. move on and be fine yeah i'd have said hi I, I i mean i'm with todd i don't find apologies easy i get yeah. it um but this wasn't just a random apology this meant that her mom wasn't here for the baby shower right. and as much as he sucked it up and said sorry at the end i feel like he should have done it four hours earlier and said sorry to mama right. joyce because sent a car for her and sorted all that shit out yeah and he, yeah, and it, and he fucked up and i think he redeemed himself a bit but she'll never be at that baby shower which actually on reflection no. now having seen the baby shower <laughs> it's probably not the worst thing but um, yeah i wonder what she would have thought about the whole thing uh, well, I think she would have liked it because I get the feeling Mama Joyce quite like quite likes the fact that the glitz, the glitz and the glam. Yeah. Um, notable things to talk about. I love that Eva leaked her milk. That just was lovely and real. I love that she didn't fucking freak out. She's like, oh man, that's what happens. It happens. It does Absolutely. happen. It does happen. I love that she was having a drink. I love how real about like having a young baby she is. Yeah. I, love I mean, she's three in, so she's obviously yeah. earned her chops, but she's just super chill. And I really, I mean, she's always been one of my favorites. I do love I her. I agree. It'll be nice to see her next season, maybe not pregnant and see if we see a different side of Eva, not like be like if she's not as chill. Cause really we've only seen her pregnant on the show. Yeah, that's true. So it'd be interesting to see like the show without her being pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to struggle to get any enthusiasm to watch anymore. I, I know. Want her, but we'll see. I'll give it a You've got I, time. Know, we'll see. We'll figure it out. You have time. Um, so let's move on to family karma, as we said at the beginning. With this is the penultimate episode. We've got one left yes. before the end of season one. I, for one, really hope it comes back. 
Me too. I love this show. Like I said earlier, just the carrot, like the personalities, the community, like just everything. It, it, it pushes all my reality TV heart buttons. Me too. I really loved it. And I think um, we kicked off this week with discussion about Amrit and marriage, whether he was going to marry, uh, is it Alexandre? Hang on, I've got it. It's Nicholas. Nicholas. That would have been weird if I'd have remembered his name because that's not my superpower. <laughs> that's very off-brand. Um, it's very off-brand. Uh, Amrit and Nicholas, his dad's like, yes, we'd love to see it. Your granny will obviously have a bit of a shit fit, but we'll figure that out later. And yeah. uh, Amrit sort of talks about how he's not quite ready to commit and does what I think is the ultimate faux pas in this situation. I think if you're over the age of 16, you should never give anybody a promise anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't even get it when you're 16. Like, what the fuck do you know about your life at 16 to like promise yourself to anything? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I don't jive with the whole concept of a promise ring or a promise cuff as as we've seen here. Like, fucking be engaged or not. Like, well, it's like Tom Schwartz and Katie all over again in Vanderpump Rules when you gave her the ring on the necklace and all she. If if all they want is an engagement ring. Anything other than that is just going to be worse. Like, yeah, don't think that don't they do go, it. don't think they look at it and go, oh, you're halfway there. That's great. They don't <laughs> say that. They don't think Thanks about it like that. for the, what is it? Like the, the participation trophy. That's yeah. what I feel like they are. They're participation trophies. Like, if you want to buy someone a piece of jewelry, just buy them a piece of jewelry. Like, don't attach any meaning to it. Don't say like, this cuff represents that I'm almost ready to marry you. Like, fuck off. <laughs> or, that I'm, or that I'm not quite ready, which is essentially right. what it's saying. I mean, that, let's I may be never honest. be ready. Yeah. Take your cuff. <laughs> it's such bad form. Um, it's never going to go down well. So it's better to just leave it, you know, just wait until you are ready and then do the proper thing. Don't yeah. half-ass it with some shit piece of jewelry. No, no. Because then you'll also be like Vishal and Richard now having to like throw an engagement party seven years after you've actually already been engaged. Like, oh, I mean, why don't you just do this from the get-go? Let's talk about Vishal and Richard while we're here because, I mean, this man is so infuriating to me. <laughs> and Rich, I love Richard. I think Richard and I are on the same page when it comes yeah. to Michelle, frankly. She's like, can you just grow some balls and make a decision and tell her yeah. what the fuck is happening? Well, because she knows her mom, right? Like she knows yeah. that would go a million steps ahead, ahead of wherever they've been is if he would just man up and do his thing. Because she makes an interesting point that I hadn't really considered when I thought about Loopy Loper, which is this whole idea, like she just wants to feel like you can look after me. And I totally understand why Lupa, uh, Lopa, Lopa. sorry, <laughs> that's a Freudian slip, doesn't have the confidence in yeah. Vishal to like stand up, manage it, fucking sort that shit out. I get it. I'd be, look, I'm going to put it out there. If Billy came home with Vishal, I'd be like, no, 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 yeah. this guy is a moron. I, I am with Lopa on this. <laughs> Lopa. Lopa, you have a convert. Like, but I think you're absolutely right. Once we heard kind of reaches, reaches, Riches breakdown of where Lopez's issues stand. They're fucking valid issues. They are. I mean, not the stuff with like his mom and all that. Like, no, we'll get to that in a minute. But I do think like there is legitimate concern about whether or not he can take care of her daughter. And, you know, I, if I had girls, I'd be the exact same way. I mean, this guy's in his 30s. He lives with his mom. I know that that's a cultural thing, but there's lots right. of Indian guys that also don't live with their mom. Oh, yeah. Um, 
he's the only job he's ever had is one that his mum gave him. Right. Uh, and he's just this wet. He's just goofy. Just, but not goofy implies like cute and adorable. It's, it's like just. Oh, see, I don't think that. I I don't think goofy implies that. I feel like goofy's just like like a caricature. Yeah, he's just a bit icky. Yeah, yeah, he's not my fave. No, me neither. Uh, but we'll see how this party goes. I mean, may, I, I, he'll pull it off, but... We'll see. Talking of Loopy Loper, <laughs> maybe. Talking of Loopy Loper, we also see her sit down with Rishma. Yeah, Vishal's mom. And this is kind of the issue I have with Lopa. I feel like this all stems because Lopa feels that she was ignored at Rishma's other son's wedding. Now, those of you who have been involved in a wedding. Like my mom was running around like crazy during my wedding, just trying to make sure I was good, make sure everybody was good. Like she didn't have time to really care about anybody else's feelings other than mine. And I feel like that's probably what Reshma was doing. Like just making sure her son's wedding was going okay. And I think that's okay. I do too. But even if it's, but it's also, do you know what? Here's the thing. It's also okay for Lopa to feel like she was ignored. Totally. But here's how you deal with it. After the wedding, you right. call up Rishma and you say, listen, I know that you were super busy with the wedding. It was such yeah. a shame that we didn't really get a chance to chat or connect. I'd love to invite you to lunch. Ding, ding, ding. Not five years after the fact. Don't fucking drag this shit out and go, five you know, years. Glenn Close shit crazy on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad they sat down. I feel like, I do feel like they've come to an understanding. I don't know how long it will last because I don't know how loopy Lopa is, but I'm glad that they have finally had that chat. I feel like they they have come together. I mean, like for the sake of the kids, like let's just be okay. Yeah. Because I think ultimately, you know, that that's what's important. And I feel like they did both agree on that, but we'll see how that goes. And they need to, put, I think Rishma's right. And I think Lopa agrees. They just need to put their shit aside for the sake of the kids that neither of them really want to get married to. Yeah, or, and it's fine. I mean, I guess culturally speaking, maybe it's not fine, but like, I find it fine that my mother and my mother-in-law aren't like the closest people on the planet. Like, they don't live in the same state. They have their own lives. Like, it's all fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, it's the same here, but maybe there is a cultural thing where that's not fine. I mean, we get that I don't know. Let us know. Update Uh, us. The other drama, of course, is that Amrit hosts his big, um, like, company launch party in Miami for the new location and invites all his friends. It's always a terrible idea, by the way, reality yes, TV stars. If you're doing I, I a professional wrote that down. event, Not a good idea. don't just invite all your mates who are paid to fight on TV. Like, it's always no. a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but fight they do, and we have Bali, Anisha, and Monica in this um conversation yeah that doesn't go so well no i mean i don't think anybody came out of that conversation with any better understanding of where anybody was coming from nor did they really want to no i mean i'm i am gonna give monica credit i like that she was pretty straightforward in this conversation rather than just trying to like make it nice and kind of brush it under the rug and i agree with her like she's just like i just don't really like you yeah I mean, she's not a people pleaser. I think we got the impression that she's yeah. kind of a people pleaser. I think we're learning right. that's not the case. I think she is ballsier than she initially came across. I think Anisha starts this conversation really well, but then very quickly gets enormously defensive and it all gets a bit uncomfortable. And then I don't like the way that I think Bali should have known better. I fe- I feel that once again, you had Bali and Anisha ganging up on Monica. And Monica right. can hold her own. 
Yeah. But it just felt like Bali should have perhaps moderated both sides rather than jump in with Anisha and, and lay into Monica. I was surprised at Bali for that. I was too, because I thought actually Bali and Monica were having a really great productive chat just one-on-one. And I think that's how these things have to be resolved. Like, I think we saw it go wrong when it was Amrit and Vishal against Bali. And now we see it go wrong when it's Bali and Anisha against Monica. Like, ultimately, these things are never going to be okay until you guys just have a one-on-one chat. And it can just be one person talking to the other and not at a work networking party that someone shouldn't have invited you to in the first place. I agree. And of course, in the background, there's Brian trying to chat up, uh, I forget her name. Ritka. Trying to chat up Ritka and his game is shameful. You know what? It was going really well until he tried to feed her like a toddler. Like I have no idea where fork. Oh God. (laughs) My kids aren't even down with that. And they're seven and four. (laughs) Like it's already old then. It could have paid off. Like somebody could have found it really adorable, but she didn't. She really didn't. And neither did we. And it was all a moment where like our pelvic floors just sort of clenched a bit and we all yeah. shuddered a bit with embarrassment. Well, and he knew that too. Like the minute he did it, he was like, why the fuck did I do that? And I think that's what I like about Brian. Yeah. Because I think he, I think in his heart of hearts, he does want to just be like good and meet a good girl and kind of like move on with his life out of his partying days. But I don't know. I think there's something really likable about him trying something that just fucking fails. I know. Bless him. God loves a trier. Um, yeah. His mom, I bet, laughed her ass off at that when she watched it. Oh, I bet she did. Bet she thought that was hilarious. Well, we've got one yeah. more episode left next week, so um, I'm excited to see how they tie it up. And I and I really hope that it does come back because I think it's been a great addition to the franchise. Yeah, I agree. I love that it gives us something different to talk about. I love that it's kind of an insight into a different community. Um, I love it. Do you think it will be the engagement party next week? Yes, that's. I think that's how they're going to finish it. All right. It Let's see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. I can't wait. It comes on tomorrow night here in the U.S., so now I'll watch we, it on Monday. Yeah, now we have um, <laughs> what I've started calling BDSY, which sounds like some sort of weird bondage sex thing. It does. Um, if it is, let us know. If it is, let us know. we're obviously out of touch with that community. And it's still better than Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which is <sighs> hands down the worst, the worst name for a TV show ever. Um, <laughs> if we haven't mentioned it yeah, a bajillion times before. <laughs> Or 12 times, to be exact. I don't know what you're talking about, Reagan. We never talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again. Uh, Big news this week is, of course, that uh, Parker walks. Hands up, those of us who are surprised. He resigns. Oh, God. It's like, it's Parker, like, you might as well have just told the camera you retired. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, I've retired from my yachting career. He's really, really not a smart guy. Like, he does, he's not clever. So, I want to bring up, we got a really great DM on Instagram from Maddie Merck, and she had this to say. She said, listen to this week's episode, and just FYI, you guys were on the money on Parker. He is from a part of Maryland where people are raised with this sense of entitlement. It's a boating town where someone may know someone in politics. There are weird pockets of our state that are just entitled, and some, like my hubby, are down-to-earth and simple. Seriously, I think it's because Marylanders don't know if they are Southern or Northern. 
LOL. I, lo- I love that. And she's she's right. And I think this episode hammered that home more than anything. This guy's a trust fund baby. He can afford to walk away because he doesn't need to earn money for the summer to yeah. kind of fund the winter or whatever it is, which is what a lot of season airs do. Um, right. He knows he can just walk because he could, you know... Just, there's no consequences. He doesn't he, he doesn't like the game that's being played in the sandbox, so he just decides to leave. Well, or and doesn't like any criticism. Because actually they weren't even they were not being near as harsh with him as we've no. seen in past episodes of like the below deck franchise. Parker, things could have been a shitload worse. Yeah. Like you kind of uh, had it easy. They just want you to watch the way you're reacting to people. And I kind of felt like him resigning was had a lot to do with the fact that Katie was gonna come into town and he didn't want to work. He wanted to spend time and so this was just a way that he could quit before he got fired and not have to work on himself like yeah it's just he wanted, easier he took to the easy route out engaged. he just wanted to holiday he didn't want to work yeah he wanted to holiday no um and it was just I, I was glad to see him go frankly at that point he's like a massive overgrown baby yeah well i think that's what jenna was continuously implying with that's the breastfeeding true. thing talking of jenna um, yeah. We have a dinner where they all go out and and I think Jenna and Byron and Adam, these kind of old hands at this kind of saying, I think they're a little obnoxious when it comes to the crew. And I think Adam really hammers that home when he deals with Madison in the way he deals with her after they spent, after him and Jenna spend the night in the, um, in the master. Yeah, I think he, I think. Adam makes issues where there actually aren't issues. Like, all he had to do was pull Madison aside and be like, hey, Jenna said we could sleep in there. We slept in there. If you have an issue with it, you need to talk to her or talk to me. Like, please don't talk about my business at the crew mess or something to that nature. But he decides that he's just going to get fired up and scream at her. Yeah, and make her feel shit right in front of the right. new guy who's just rocked up. Right? Just start all this shit. Adam is... Also another overgrown toddler when it comes to his emotions. Like, he's so... I don't know who hurt him, but I feel like he's been so hurt that he doesn't let anybody in. And Not um, even, like, a tiny iota. Like, even in enough just to have a normal conversation with someone who's done something that rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, he just... Just the way he treated Madison was not okay. Um, No. And and I felt for her on that, but I, yeah, I just, again, I'm going to come back to it. I don't think that the Jenna-Adam partnership is making for good vibes on the boat. Like, I think that as much as they really like each other and are happy together, I think together they actually yeah. come off pretty badly. I think they bring out the worst in each other in a certain, to a certain way. Well, I think they also allow each other to be the worst, right? Like, because you can commiserate on maybe how gross other people are being. It's almost like, you know, like a prison mentality. Like, well, it's us against them, like, but we've got each other's back so we can talk loads of shit to each other about everybody else. And I don't think it's conducive to like the group mentality or like the group work. I mean, just like, I don't think Paget and Ciara's relationship, like, I just don't think relationships are good for this kind of close working environment. I think it just kind of brings out the worst in everybody. And I think that's that's what's happening. But um, like we've said before, like these are kind of the only people on the planet who do these shows that get to see their behavior. I mean, I'd be on like, a massive apology tour if cameras followed me around all the time and heard all the <laughs> shit that I talk about people. Because I talk a lot of shit. But um, I, think I will also ra- say it to your face that yeah, it, that, that is, is the redeeming true. quality of me. Uh-huh. But um, I think... <laughs> I no, but I think redeeming, you're right. Not. They have like a, a such a rare opportunity 
to look back on their behavior from the outside looking in because we've all been there. You think like, and I yeah. can feel how Jen is feeling like, but I was with Adam and the girls, you know, and I can get it. But once you're out yeah. and you look back on it and you get to see like, it all fuck. over again, you see everybody's reaction. <laughs> Nobody really gets that chance. And yeah. it does mean that it does allow for a whole new level of self-reflection that none of us get to do. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I've been reading Jenna's Instagram and, and I know that she's come under fire for the way that she's treated people and the decisions that she's made and like while that's hard to take when you're out there like it's fucking shit being criticized yeah she was she still put herself out there and this is kind of the shit that you have to deal with absolutely Um, but I do hope that she you know I know she's saying she is self-reflecting but I hope that that changes it because that's got to be the key thing like I hope that if she goes onto a boat again with Adam or some growth whatever yeah is okay with not give it like not taking her eye off the ball of what her actual job is and like yeah which is to train people and to make the boat work brilliantly um yeah but yeah god i wish that's i think that's why i want to be in a reality tv show because then i right. feel like i could do that <laughs> looking back thing it's like a therapy zoom right like yes. it like it it pushes you like five years down the road from in therapy if you can just like watch how you behave and be like holy shit i do do that thing that that other person said i do i never actually saw it before fuck i need to change that and yes yeah i think it would be great anyway uh I'm not in a reality TV show. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm an influencer. There'd be a better word for it. And there isn't a better word for it today. But this boat is also full of influencers. It is. I and only... I actually, like, I expected them to be really shit. Like, no joke. I mean, I, I love you. And, you know, not all influencers are assholes. But I think but I kind of... Ex- of us are. No, I'm joking. I, I kind of expected these ones to be. I mean, you know, who hire a private yacht and just want to do a bunch of photo shoots and whatnot. But, um... I actually don't think they're that bad. However, they seem to have quite a crush on Adam, which yeah, seems to be rubbing everybody the wrong way. Well, Jenna's hilarious. And this is another reason why I just feel that this relationship isn't quite in the healthiest place because she's so mad that they're like crushing on her boyfriend. And frankly, if I turned up on that boat and didn't know Adam, I'd fucking crush on him too. Yeah. And it's not like it's he a, wears a sign that says, yeah. like, I am property of so-and-so, this girl on the boat. Like, But don't be that insecure. Don't cock block them when they want to go yeah. and speak to him in the galley. Just be like, <laughs> oh, sure, he's in the galley. Like, go knock yourself out. I mean, out. don't you just say yes to everything for the tips on these boats? Like, yeah. of course you can see the chef. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> would you like him to do a dance? I can arrange that. <laughs> you would like me to, to fan you with palm fronds while you, yeah. you know, yes, anything it takes. You want to see the chef easy in you go yeah um no I 100% agree I think she's I think she's very insecure about it but but I was on board I think the when we when I heard it was a boat full of influencers I was like oh god this is going to be awful but actually they were really sweet and um I'm not entirely sure about the chart primary charter guests relationship not sure how that's yeah. gonna pan out because apparently it, it he proposes not. next week that doesn't oh, go we'll see yeah that's not where I was thinking it was going no apparently that's what he tries to do next week so I think oh. that that's going to be TV's most that could awkward, be awkward. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the other great thing is that once Parker walks, we get in Chris, yes! who's from the land of my people. He is. We have British Chris. Chris Miller is his name. Um, we've tagged him in, I think, some stories. But uh, this deckhand has experience, he really which I think does. is in a fact, whole new ball game. I, w- I wonder if he's got more experience than 
anybody else on this boat, perhaps he seems maybe too. Captain Glenn. Yeah, he seems to, or, or Byron. I think Byron's got a lot of experience Oh, Byron as well. too, yeah. But Granted I think he shits job. on Paget and Sierra, honestly. You know, I think we're going to see some tension there because we already have Sierra, like, talking him through every step of his job and she knows he has experience. <laughs> oh, it's so But awkward. like, she didn't, so here's my question. She did not do that with Parker and he was super green. Yeah, it's weird. Like, why didn't you tell Parker what to do? You know what it is, though? I think it's because they're like an established group and this new guy's right. coming in and I think Sierra just wants to kind of, she's like, it's Establish like the boating dominance. equivalent of peeing on him a bit, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's marking her territory. Yeah. This is, you know, he's like, oh, the donkey dick. She's like, we don't call it the donkey dick in front of the guests. Like, yes, you oh, do. That's off. the only way I've heard about it. <laughs> that was fuck off. Yeah. Stop being a dick. Um, I, I like him. I think he's going to bring a kind of, I don't think because he's British, he's not yes. going to play into any of this kind of dramatic bullshit. Like I he's think gonna he's going to be a bit bamboozled tea. by it. He's going to be like, yeah. what the fuck is Just this? Just get on with your job. Just get on with your fucking job. I don't, yeah. I don't know how good the television's going to be, but I already like him. And anybody who's fucking good at their job and just gets up and works, I, I, it's all right with me. I think he's kind of the perfect substitute for Parker. Like, I think he's going to neutralize a lot of bullshit. And I think that'll be nice to see. But maybe yeah. something else will come because he does know his shit. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to let that go for the entire rest of the season. Well, I think Parker's ego, uh, Paget's ego better watch out because he's already broken yeah. the naughty boys in front of him. I mean, <laughs> it was almost like he was trying to impress him. Like, you know, like when you were dating and there was like a cute guy and you're like really trying to like do everything <laughs> right. And then you like fucking fall out of your shoes and do something ridiculous. <laughs> That's what I chair. feel what happened. That's what happened with Paget. <laughs> he was like, we'll oh, see. Fuck. But I do think Paget's going to struggle with this guy. But we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll all be smooth sailing. Yeah. I like Bada what boom. you did there. Um, <laughs> Vanderpump. Let's move on to our fourth show on the roster. Oh, yes. Um, Sheena Shea. Sheena Shea. You need to learn boundaries, my friend. (laughs) Because it's very different getting a psychic for a best friend who may have lost a parent, but you don't do it with somebody that you've just maybe finally made the fuck up with because you've been starting a lot of shit in their lives. No, and you also don't, like, dump them in their lap on the spot. Or just, like, give your address away to people. Like, she obviously gave the psychic the address. Like, I don't want people just throwing my street address everywhere. But where was the pre-game chat? Like, where was the whole, Dana, like, I I know that we're just getting to know each other, but I don't know if this is something you'd be into, but this girl is great. She's done da-da-da. Would you be up for it? Not like, so I did it and she's here. Right. Like, that's so uncomfortable. I think Dana handled it 100% how any normal person would handle it. I agree. I think if Sheena had enough time to call a whole bunch of other people and run this idea by them, she could have called Dana and had this conversation on the phone. And then honestly, maybe Dana would have been more open to it. Like, you know what? That'd be great. Let's meet at this place. Like, I don't just want random strangers coming to my apartment. Or can I bring my best friend with me rather than the girl that I only knew for like a hot minute and we fought for 39 seconds of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Just, it, it's not the kind of thing. Dead parents is not the kind of thing you fuck around with. No. You like, never you make fuck sure you get that parents. shit right. You make sure that yeah. anything to do with that, you get right. 
Um, and you're right, Shayna's boundaries are just all out of whack. Like, she meets a guy, she's marrying him. You know, yeah. she's friends no, with no. a guy, she they're meets dating. A, we're best friends, but actually yeah. I'm madly in love with them. Yeah, I mean, it's all, bless her, she's all kinds of screwed up in this. And, and I get it, like, yeah. she's had, the whole thing with Shay would have been difficult for anybody totally. to deal with. But to ignore that there is an issue is crazy. She, she does need to figure yeah. this shit out. yeah. A hundred percent. The other thing is we see Sober James still hanging on to his sobriety, which is great. Him and Lala yeah. seem to mend some some fences. Do you think that this is it? Like, do you think this is it for James? I really hope it is because I actually like this James. This James is funny and I can get on board with him. The other James is just a fucking hot mess. Um, I like that he's kind of reaching out to Lala and bonding over like their shared nightmares of getting drunk. And I mean, I've heard this from people that like just stopping drinking without kind of the support of AA or any kind of plan is incredibly difficult. And I think maybe that's why it hasn't worked for him in the past. So I'm glad to see like AA really helping him and like figuring out why he's doing this. And I hope he takes deeper looks at that Um, because I'm on board. I'm on board for sober James Kennedy. Like I think he'd be a kick-ass D. I just think everything in his life would be okay. Yeah. And really pretty chill if he wasn't an alcoholic. I agree. The one thing I do wonder though, is I don't know how long him and Raquel will last now that he's sober. And I say that because I genuinely don't see, he's whip smart. Like he needs somebody like Lala, not Lala because because she's obviously mm-hmm. very happy with somebody else. But he's whip smart, super funny, very creative. And I just don't know if Sober James is going to be fully fulfilled by Raquel, right. who's super sweet, but, yeah. you know. She's not, like, you know. smart on the fly. Like, she could be very book smart. Like, I yeah. think that's what they pointed but out. she's like, not quick or clever. She's or, not. There's no, no banter. No. And knowing knowing the Brits as I do, banter goes a long way. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how James and Raquel, but I am, I, I'm glad to see him sober. Um, talking of, of this, that's the worst segue I was ever going to do. I'm not even going to oh. do it. It was so bad. Okay. Um, we also see a lot more, well, I say a lot more, we get more development between the kind of witches of WeHo. They have their launch event for the wine, which Stasi yes. has already checked out of completely. Right. Could yeah, doesn't less. want to do it. No. She's done. Um, but there's this weird triad going on between Stasi and Bo and Kristen. Yes. So like the the backstory is that Kristen and Bo have actually been friends for ages and Kristen is the one that set Bo and Stassi up. Now that Stassi has fallen out with Kristen, Kristen got upset. Didn't he didn't she get upset at like the wedding where Bo was like, you know, Stassi's she, my life, she's my number she, one. She's yeah. what I put first. And Kristen got really upset about that, which then again fueled that feud between Stassi and Kristen. And Stassi doesn't want them to be friends anymore, which, like, I get that feeling, and she's totally within her right to have those feelings. But I also feel like you can't really dictate who people, like, no. It's not a good idea to try to dictate who your partner's friends are. Well, it gives the other side ammunition to call you controlling and all of that. Right. And that doesn't work. So I think, you know, if, if Bo was smart, he would sit Stassi down and say, listen, this is really shit and I'm 100% team Stassi, but it's not yes. going to do anybody any favors if I just cut Kristen out. So look, right. I'm just going to dial it back down. We're going to do, I'm going to do bare minimum, whatever's necessary to keep right. her happy. And because no, I don't want to cause any more corner. trouble for you, but no, I'm yeah. always in your corner. I will always stick up for you. And I get where Stassi's coming from because Kristen slept with Jax well, when Stassi was dating him. So like there is a precedent 
for her to be pretty fucking triggered by this friendship. And, and I, I I think get that's that. where this comes from. Yeah. Honestly, I think Stasi's crazy behavior at the launch with regards to this, like she just she she just sees red. Yeah. That's where that comes from. It's you know, hurt. Kristen shagged her boyfriend twice and she forgave yeah. Stasi forgave her in a way that I, I know to this day still baffles me. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't forgive people, but it happened very I felt like it happened quite quickly. Like it was just felt a bit easy. But of course, this is going to trigger her boyfriend now yeah. hanging out with Kristen. Uh, well, and I, I almost wonder, like, does Bo not know that? Because I feel like Bo's actions may be a little different if she had been like, look, this relationship is really triggering for me because of this. I, I don't know. Did yeah, we I don't that? know if they've had that conversation yeah. outright. I mean, he knows about the whole Jackson Kristen situation, right, but right. I don't know if, if they've kind of had the conversation to tie it all together. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but either way, I can see it from both sides. I still think Kristen totally. is behaving badly. Like, you know, she's just being awful to Bo about Stasi when Kristen should know better. Like, Kristen, of all people, yeah. should know why Stasi is going to have Fuck a yeah. problem with She should this. be like, you know what? Like, we can be high friends. I totally understand why Stasi's uncomfortable with our friendship because I fucked her boyfriend twice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fair enough. I'd hold I my mean, hands Jack, up so and own that. Whatever, but still, like, I don't know. It, it's it's a tricky situation. I definitely see where both sides are coming from. All Bo wants to do is like surprise her with this amazing engagement. I feel so bad for him. He's put so much he time such and trooper. effort. He's just like, fuck, can we just get till tomorrow? <laughs> I know. He's like, the amount of times he could have just gone, fuck it, here's a fucking ring, just thrown it out. For fuck's sake, here's your fucking engagement ring. Thrown it in her like, face. <laughs> the patience and the fortitude he has shown in the face of the Stasi storm has been commendable to say I mean, this least. man is made for her. Made like, for her. No one else on the planet yeah. could little, handle this. He was, he was a little, um, he could have been a bit quicker when she's like, but you're my, am I your person? Yeah, uh, you should uh, just like, say yes. He, he yes, could have of just, course you are. <laughs> he just stood there a little bit dumb. I was like, say yes, say yes, just say, say yes. Say yes, Bo. <laughs> yeah, I was um, totally, I was screaming at the TV or uh, my laptop with my headphones on watching it while kids are doing something else. Just but. say yes, of course you are my person. Of course. Yes. End up. But she gets pissed and I get it and she leaves. And, and I think this is not just her behaving badly. There's a lot of triggering shit going on. But yeah. next week is the proposal. Finally. Uh, I can't wait for this because I genuinely feel like this is, I mean, the only couple married are Tom and Schwartz and they've done it twice. And both times, I still am not 100% sure if they're the right people for each you other. You mean Schwartz and Katie, not Tom and Schwartz. I mean Schwartz and Katie. <laughs> but that's a Freudian slip. Yes, um, a Sandoval Schwartz wedding would be pretty epic. <laughs> but to see a proposal between Stasi and Bo where it's two people you know are meant to be together is just going to be so lovely. Yeah, and I mean, obviously a lot of us have already seen pictures of it and... Like, we know that they're engaged, but I can't wait to see the actual play out and, like, how she reacts and it just being so her because they're mausoleum shopping and, like, it's (laughs) it's amazing. (laughs) Um, So, until next week, but let's move on to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which um, which we struggled with a little bit this week. 
Yeah, I felt like this was a more of like a, I mean, like the first episode was fire and like had all these bombs and great things to, you know, pull you guys about. You did not get a pull about Beverly Hills this week on Instagram because I found it really tricky to like, what would I pull you about? So whose house do you like better? Grisselle's or PK in I don't know. Like, well, it I wasn't. Just, let's, it's not PK's house, it. apparently. Just Dorit's house, because apparently, no, nothing's going on. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's just fine. It's fine. I found it really interesting because I feel like this is the first time on like one of the Real Housewife franchises that we really got to hear some prodding from the producer. Yeah, and. It obviously rustled Dorit's feathers a bit, and she got a little defensive and asked him if his wife's name was on their house. I'm going to tell you right now, both me and my husband's names are on our house. Uh, me too. And That's typically how it's done. And it's not, like, I'm not against, like, if she, if she has more money or earns more money or isn't bankrupt and therefore can buy a house, and that's why her name's on the house, that, yeah. of course, fine. But, but it you would can be, say that. Like, with his legal troubles, I had to put it in my name. Done. But it would be weird, but honestly, I don't know, maybe I'm being very uh, non-traditional about this, a bit new agey, but I think if you're married and you're both earning and you buy a house together, I think it's weird if both your names are not on the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we bought, Elijah bought our first house because I had really shitty credit and I was like, I was just out of uni when we got married, but then he added my name to the house. Like right, but we all, all factors equal, if you yeah. buy in a house together, I would have thought that you um, yeah. put both names on the thing. Anyway, like there's some sort of legal reason why his name is not on. on that house. He's gone and bankrupt, he's it, had to declare bankruptcy or something. Just own your shit and move on. I don't know why everybody's so bothered about this whole perception of shit. Just tell the truth, yeah. it's always the better way. Yeah, because it's going to come out regardless. Someone will find out something. Well, of course. If you're those people. Not well, that kind of shit's all public knowledge anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can request that shit. Um, yeah. What I did love, apart from all the fucking new houses, this was I really enjoyed, I'm really enjoying actually seeing more of Erica, seeing a different side to Erica. Yes. And I think yes. her lunch with her and Garcelle marked the beginning of a really lovely friendship. Well, they're very similar. Like, they both have older kids and then Garcelle has younger kids, you know, They've, they've lived life. They love fashion. They've got very similar personalities. I love them. I think Garcella is a great new addition to the, like a needed addition to the housewives. Um, because I, I, I think Erica needs like a partner in crime that can like stand up to her kind of wit and banter and just life experiences. Yeah, and I really love the ch- I really love seeing more of Erica and Tom's marriage because I don't care how old they are. I think that this marriage is a really, really good one. And I think they've been, been married, married for 20 years. For 20 years. <laughs> like, people need to get over the fact that he's older than her. They've been married for fucking 20 years. Yeah. Like, I it's mean, fine. It's done and it's fine. And I think that there is no ideal of how a, a relationship marriage dynamic should work. And I think... When she's like, I think I loved her honesty about the sex. She's like, it's okay. Like, because that's what it is after 20 years of having because, sex with one person. Yeah, that's what it is. Whether you're 83 or 43, yeah. you know, nobody's ripping each other's pants off and throwing you over the kitchen table when you're 43 and 20 no. years of marriage down. Like, no. she, that I just really appreciated her. And I really love that we're seeing more of her. Like, we're seeing her and Tom in their kitchen. We've never seen that. We've never had no. that kind of intimacy with her. You know, we see the bedrooms, the houses, everything yeah. of the other housewives, but not with her. So 
I like that she's opening herself up more in this season. I like her and Tom. I mean, I think they have partnership goals because I truly believe they are partners in life. And um, I think that's awesome. Like, I don't think money dictates the power in their relationship. I do think they have a pretty traditional marriage. I think she's talked about that before. Like, you know, when he has business dinners or whatnot, like I'm Mrs. Girardi, I'm not Erica Jane. Like I have different roles for who I play in life, which everybody does. Um, But I do truly think like he's supportive of her dreams and what she wants to do. And, you know, we see her get this role in New York and he's going to go out there when he can. And I think that's awesome. And I think that's what a marriage is. It's a partnership. And I think Hollywood sold us this whole, it has to be this massive, hugely romantic, sex-driven, romance-driven movie. And actually, at the end of the day, it's a fucking partnership. You are a team. And you've chosen each other to get through life together. And sex and romance is just one small part of that. The rest of it is a bigger picture thing. And I think that's what I love about this marriage. I think they truly love each other. And that's not about sex. That's just about the fact that they make a fucking great team. And respect. And, you know, I bet they're kicking ass at being quarantined together. Yeah, I bet they are. But they're having a great time. (laughs) Not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on to Teddy and her event. Teddy, Teddy I really want to like her. I know. I really want to like her. I do too. And I just don't. Sorry. This is what happens when we talk over each other. Go ahead. Uh, I do. I really want to like her, but I just can't because I just want her to have a little bit more confidence. And there's such an irony in her like accountability status, but her not having the confidence to just stand up and go, like she's so defensive in this instance. And and Dorit's like, I'm coming to support you. Well, then don't bother coming at all. I'm like, what? Like That's what you want them there for. When your friend invites you to an event that they've organized for one of their things, yeah. that's why you go. I mean, 90% of the time, it's an event that you're really going to enjoy and you love to do. But sometimes it isn't. Sometimes they make you walk up a fucking hill for charity. But you do it because you turn up for them. And yeah. Teddy looks at that as if it's a bad thing when actually it's a really, really good thing. I mean, I would be more offended. I'm more offended that Teddy thinks they all need to like go through her program to be okay because that's what she's saying, right? Like only come if you're going to really participate and get something out of it. It's like, you're being a fucking asshole. Like let them come support you. They can put it all over their Instagram. You'll get all the good business shit out of that because that's why you're asking them to come. Don't be a dick and like imply that they all need to work on their personal growth and you're the person to do that with them. Yeah, no, That's we fucked. all know. We all know what this is. This is a you scratch my back, I'll scratch your thing. You know, you turn up to my event, shout yeah. about it on Instagram, I'll turn up to yours and do the same. And, and it's that's fine. great. And then in between, we'll go off and do shit that isn't on Instagram that we just really enjoy. That's the name of the game, Teddy. Like, let's not get overly sensitive about this. Let's just see this for what it is. And I think that's what she's struggling with. She can't separate this kind of, you can be friends, but also work, like, scratch each other's backs professionally. Yeah, I just, I I don't, I question, like, her role in this franchise. Like, do we need Teddy? I'm I'm with you. And I think, I think she's had, what, two or three seasons now? Three? Yeah, I I think. think this is the third season. Yeah. I just feel like she's not she's not getting it. No. I mean, I feel like Denise kind of slid right in there. I feel like Garcelle uh-huh. has, yeah, literally. Um, I feel like Garcelle has, like, she has a place. Like, that show needed her. And I think that's really cool so far. I've never felt that way about Teddy. Like, 
I think she's nice. Yeah. I think she's super awkward. I think she's super normal, but maybe not really cut out for this franchise. I think you might be right. And I think it's probably not doing anybody any good. And I think Teddy's going to really struggle. I think we're going to see a, a very different Teddy yeah. this season. I think she's going to crumble a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, but let's move on to keeping up with the Kardashians where Chloe and is harvesting those eggs. She gets a good little harvest there. She gets, what, 14 eggs? She does. I think, what did he say? She had like, they're looking for 10 to 16 follicles and she had like 15 and I I don't know the specifics. She had some really mature ones, others matured later. But she's really hung up on the eggs versus embryos at the beginning of the episode and like kind of resolves it by the end. But I think the decision, like, okay, so her big thing is freezing embryos gives you, like, the best chance of being able to unfreeze and have ready-to-go kind of babies to implant. I understand the science behind that. But having Tristan be the donor, I feel, is it is tricky for the place that they're at. I understand wanting True to have biological siblings. I, I think that's a very valid point. Yeah. But I think it's too soon. Well, and also, here's my point. If she ends up... By the time she wants another baby, and if she ends up wanting, like, she might want to do that with Tristan, in which case she can just do it with Tristan the old-fashioned way. Like, Mm. if she's, do you know what I mean? I feel like if she's with somebody else, she's not going to want to do it with Tristan. So don't hitch your eggs to Tristan's sperm donkey. (laughs) That's terrible. Came out. Not quite. It wasn't That's as good right. as I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's it's too much of a decision right now. Like, if you want to have Tristan's baby, have Tristan's baby. Like, if you want to have right. a sibling with Tristan, have otherwise have a, have a sibling with a man that you really, really love or have it with an anonymous sperm donor. Like, those are right, my options. Well, they'll still be biological sisters because they have the same mom. Right. Like, that... And- like, that part of the DNA is the same. And whether the eggs are good now when you put them into embryos or whether they're good, like the eggs are the eggs. Right. You know, like, and I think she gets there in the end. I don't think it's, she needs to commit to Tristan on this level right now. Um, No. But I guess you just have to go through the process, but I'm glad that she came out with it. Uh, I'm glad that she kind of came out the other side. I thought it was really interesting to see kind of, uh, the different birthdays as well that we got in this episode too. Yes. Oh my gosh. The birthday party for Chris. Was amazing. Renting their childhood home, hiring old school cars, having someone hand draw the old wall, like the old 80s wallpaper from your kitchen. Can you imagine? Like that uh, is so crazy. Kim's friend totally calls it like, you're so fucking lucky you're this rich. Yeah. I mean, I could pull off parties like that. This money on this birthday party. And Chris obviously loved it. And I kind of respect the fact that they didn't film it because they didn't want like. I mean, I respect it, but I was annoyed by it. I wish I wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of me's like, well, couldn't you just do it like on the inside and like not show the outside of the house or like not the address? Like you already, because they already showed pictures of the outside of the house. Like somebody clever could hop on Google Earth and find that fucking house. But no, but I did think it's, I do think it's a great, like I know they've got a lot of money to do that stuff, but it still takes a lot of thought and it still takes a lot of planning. And I think that I just have always really loved the family dynamic and the commitment. And I think what, Moving on to the the other party, to Corey's birthday, I think what I love about that is that they're really starting to embrace him as part of that family because I think he's proving himself by right. looking after Chris and doing lots of things for the kids and that he is part of that family. So I really loved that they did this trip for Corey, not just for Corey, but also to make their mum feel like, okay, 
we accept yeah, him. We take him He's seriously. In. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because they've definitely put him through the ringer. And I think taking him to Napa was brilliant because, like, that's where Chris is, like, the happiest and the drunkest. Oh, my um, God. Drunk I think Chris every is my Napa favorite. trip we've ever seen with them has been fucking gold. I mean, maybe that's where we reschedule our trip to. No, um, no, but, I want to go to Florida. <laughs> I mean, there are better beaches than Florida. Let's see where we all end up after quarantine. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyways... Uh, I, I just loved it. I love that Chris was super happy about it. I think Corey was really touched by the girls throwing him kind of a surprise thing. And I think it's really nice because we saw all the siblings kind of rally, right? Like we even see Rob show up to I know. a family Rob event. Rob was on screen. Kylie threw him a dinner that night. And I think they all have kind of come to this realization that like he's a good dude and he's taking care of their mom. So, you know, yeah. he's all right. Um. Kim as well is on her legal journey. She's um, on the case for Rodney Reed in this instance. And I think it's really interesting to see Kim because I think a lot of people are quick to kind of dismiss her. And, you know, yes, when I look at her Instagram post, I do think, God, you really don't sell yourself brilliantly. Like you do come across as pretty vacuous. But then when I see her on this, I'm like, if only people watch the show because they'd realize that she's super smart really dedicated. Yeah. And I think that this commitment to becoming a lawyer by 2022 is is really something to be admired. And I think she's not fucking around with it. Like she's actually doing this stuff. No, she's actually doing this shit. And I really like how she's bringing attention to, especially like the American justice system. I mean, Texas still has the death penalty. It's not the case for every state. We all do something a little bit different. Texas definitely still has the death penalty. And I like that we're really starting to try to challenge those death row cases because a lot of them were decided when things were looked very different for us as a society. And I think some of those cases are worth looking into and really looking at the evidence and really trying to make sure, like, if you're going to use the death penalty, you need to be fucking sure. There should be no question on evidence or anything like that. And I just think I'm glad somebody's using a platform to kind of promote, we really need to make sure that this is all, we we know what happened. Because she's saying that there's some sort of belt that wasn't tested. And the thing is, it doesn't actually matter whether he's guilty or not at this point. I mean, obviously it matters whether he's guilty or not. But in terms of the death penalty, what's important is that if there is a piece of evidence that hasn't been tested, every piece of evidence needs to be tested if you're going to put somebody to death. I mean, especially as science has evolved, because I mean, some of these death row cases were found 30 years ago. I mean, DNA has come so far. Like, we know so much more shit. Like, you need to use modern stuff to just double check your shit. Well, and let's not beat around the if bush. You, can. you yeah. know, death row inmates are disproportionately African American, and, mm-hmm. and 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 like you say, a lot of them have been in there for 30 years. And so this their cases would were uh, sent to a jury in a very different time with a very different social landscape. And and I think more than ever, we need to be, if we're going to put somebody to death... You need to be it, vigilant. Just let's get, let's check that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think essentially, yeah, let's just double check this shit. Yeah, um, with new, with what we, what we know now and what we know about the evolution of the justice system. Um, and the it's science definitely not perfect. and all of that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch wrong. So, so I'm glad for that, to see I can, her uh, doing that. Yeah, me too. Um... And then we head over to the Hamptons for Real Housewives of New York City, where there is apparently the party to end all parties. But frankly, that's, I mean, any time me and my girlfriends go away, that's pretty standard. It's pretty standard. It's just a weekend. (laughs) And I'm serious. Vibrators in the chicken, standard. Uh, Naked swimming pools, standard. 
throwing shit. Yeah. Stand- I mean, we clean our shit up, but we do yeah. go a bit crazy. I, I think that's a standard weekend for many, many people who go away with a bunch of girlfriends. Like, that's what you do. I think Ramona freaked out a lot about not that much. Um, I love that Leah was the only one kind of up and cleaning this shit too. Like, where was Sonia and Tinsley? I would have woken their asses up and been like, right, bitches. Me too. It's time to clean. <laughs> but Leah's not entitled. Leah has no sense of no. entitlement. Like, all right, she knows that maybe she could have treated the house with a little bit more respect, but she's first up and ready to clean that shit up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get it. Ramona wasn't there and she turned, she comes back and the house is like kind of a shithole. If it was my yeah. house, I'd probably be a bit pissed too, but that's because I'm the one that everybody goes to bed and I just open another bottle of wine and spend the next right. three hours cleaning by myself. <laughs> and I go to bed at 5am because that's just how I roll. Um, right. But at the same time, there's no immediate, there's no sort of permanent damage done. Leah does the right thing. Sonia and Tinsley are just a little entitled about it. They're just assuming that somebody else is tidying up. Well, and I think why why Ramona rubs me the wrong way in this is she's being kind of a dick to Leah, like about the silverware, and like she's treating her differently than she treats the other women. And I think it's bullshit. And it'll be interesting to see how their relationship plays on. But like I wanted Leah to be like, or I wanted Ramona to be like, you know, it's cool, like, whatever. It did piss me off. Thank you so much for, like, cleaning it up. I appreciate you getting up and kind of taking Which care I think, of Which I feel like she kind of does to a certain extent. Really? She's like, Leah did get up and clean, and so I couldn't be yeah. that mad with her. But also, I think Leah and Ramona are actually going to be great friends. I think Leah's going to kill her with kindness. She's mm-hmm. not going to react to any of her bullshit. She's just going to defuse her. And I do think, actually, those two are going to be... Interesting. I think they're going to bond. Go- I see it going a different way. I see <gasps> Leah continually drinking and it like it kind of exploding. Well, let's see, we'll see. how it plays out. We'll um, see how it goes. This yeah, I mean th- saying this, sorry. I'm part of quite a few like reality TV groups on Facebook just to kind of test the like see what people are talking about. And this has been a very divisive episode. A lot of people feel like the girls were totally wrong for drinking and skinny dipping and whatever, and that they're very much Team Ramona, which I find very weird. I don't know. You guys let us know. Like, what what side do you reside on? Like, are we reading this wrong? Are we the only ones that have had weekends like this? I mean, I God, I hope not. Well, I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, let's Maybe. see. Maybe yeah. we are. Let us know. Um, <laughs> the other thing that we have to endure is Luan's flirting, which is really just so painful. I would have rather seen her turn on the flirt with the Italian tennis pro. Me, well, she did, and she, he slammed her down. There you go. That's true. When she was like, maybe today, he's like, yeah, no, not today. No, like <laughs> just like another tennis uh, lesson. <laughs> cut dead. But then the dog groomer. That was yeah. Weird. He was but not you know hot. they banged. You know they banged. Oh yeah, they a hundred percent did. They hundred. That's why hot, she left though. that. No, he wasn't hot. He looked no. like um. He looked a little bit like Donald Trump, but if you took his face off and stretched it over a plate, just had this, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He had this sort of big, wide, round, yeah, flat face. like a moon face. So I feel if you took Donald Trump's face off and stretched it over a plate, that's how he would look. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we move on is Sonia and this, I feel like Sonia is trapped in her past. She's oh. trapped in like the socialite life that she had 
a really long time ago. Yeah. Because she's never, she hasn't been married to him the entire time of The Real Housewives of New York, which has been a long time, like over 10 years. So like, I don't understand this huge, like white knuckle grip on the socialite life that she did once have. I think it's just, I think that's it. Leah calls it that yacht has sailed. She just wants that life back, but doesn't want to admit that she wants that life back. But she's like, I didn't marry the banker. I married the bank. And you're like, dude, just let it go. And I think this is a lot about why yeah. she wouldn't leave the townhouse. Like she, right. like you had to drag her out of that townhouse kicking and screaming because that was a legacy of the, of, of the, the Morgan family. And I just feel like Leah sees it straight off the bat. We all see it. She's just so married to this legacy that, you know, Dorinda's right. Her kids are Morgans, but Sonia's no longer a Morgan. Like yeah, she needs- move on. To move on. And maybe she would actually find and have a really meaningful relationship if she could let it go. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. She's also like the worst at like tidying and like being a normal person in a house. Well, she's never had to do it. I mean, it. The, town ho- the townhouse was like a hoarder's nest. Her apartment looks like a hoarder lives there. And it's she's just had crazy. These weird, do you remember she used to have these weird like interns that just like... Yes! I felt like just lived in a house. It was a bit weird. Like she just pulled them up from the basement every now and again. All yeah. felt a bit odd. Like um, if I was one of those kids' parents, I would have a real hard time with you telling me that that was your internship. I'd be like, uh-huh. no. No. You're I'd be like, get else. out now. Yeah, that scares me. Uh, I don't think you're safe, especially no, you're, if you're a dude. You're going you're to camp. Safe. That's where you're going. You're going to Christian <laughs> camp. Instead, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm loving Leah. I think she's really injecting new life into this into this uh, season. So uh, I am excited to see it play out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how Leah and Ramona go. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, uh, the Shars. And again, still remaining one of my favorite franchises in our uh, in our lineup. I'm just loving Absolutely. this season. It's kicked off with big drama, and it's not failing. Um, they're still in Hawaii, and of course, we find that MJ and Paulina have a little bit of a tete-a-tete, which of course pushes all of Mike's crazy buttons. Right. Um, what was your take on this, Reagan? Like, how did you feel that MJ... I felt, I think at first, because I feel like I know MJ, because we've watched, you know, I think this is, is this season eight? I've uh, known her for... Yeah, we'll just say for eight seasons. So like I've seen the sweet side. I've seen the mean side. Like I see these ups and downs. So I feel like I know her. So I feel like when she first had this conversation with Paulina, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like all these Persian dudes know they're controlling. Like we all know this. Like they talk about it all the time. It's fine. But I forgot that Paulina has only met MJ this season so all she knows is crazy drama with Reza and people shouting about abortions and restraining orders and massive fights. So I think at first I was confused about Paulina's kind of reaction to like calling Mike and being like really upset. Then I took a step back and thought about it from her point of view and was like, oh, yeah, that probably wasn't the best thing to say. What about I you? was with you. I feel like it was slightly tactless on MJ's oh no part um yeah I was with you I feel like it was slightly tactless in MJ's part but I also just feel like she doesn't have that relationship with right 
with Paulina, you know, and you don't want to sit there and go, I think your husband's a bit controlling, unless it's your really, like, very, very best friend. Um, right, right. But also, I kind of had a problem with Paulina just running off to tell Mike. I was like, why don't you just pull MJ aside and say, listen, I'm, that wasn't cool. I'm a little, yeah, I feel a little offended by that. And then MJ could sort it out, and they don't have to get Mike involved. Yeah. But I feel like Paul, all Paulina did was actually reinforce MJ's point, that, and then right. Mike comes swooping in, to yeah, like control reinforcing the, the same point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think it was that offensive. I do feel that MJ came off a little smug in that yeah, I married yeah. a white guy and we just do everything 50 50. Yeah. I mean, or he just does what I say. <laughs> yeah, which is probably <laughs> which is more what true. she means. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she means. Um, so, I do get it, but I do think Paulina could have handled it a little bit better. I do think Mike is just a bit brutish sometimes. I do think he's controlling. I think it was incredibly awkward way back when, when we saw that reunion with Jessica and he wouldn't let her speak. Like, that is weird. Um, But I think they handle it. And I think Mike doesn't hold a grudge. Like, I think think he'll get over it. But I think Destiny makes a point. Like, you guys are controlling. Like, we all know that. Yeah, they all talk about how old school they are and how marriages are old school. Like... She's not saying anything crazy. It just no. came off a little smug, I think, for me. I think that's totally. what I would have been the most offended by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree uh, with that. Let's stick with MJ and talk about the Reza thing, because obviously this still, for me, on social media, they still hate each other. So every episode, yeah. I'm waiting for the spanner to right. be thrown into the works. But it wasn't this episode. They still seem to be working towards a really positive place. Yeah, I mean, I think we see little bits and pieces. Uh, I feel like in this episode, we see Reza maybe doubt the sincerity. Like, is she just making up with me so I'll drop the charges on on um, Tommy? I feel like that's kind of how he feels. I mean, we also get a sense, like, Adam, like, we got a clip of, like, the next episode where Adam is, like, 100% not on board with dropping charges. So I think Reza is stuck between Adam and MJ, and I think that's going to be a problem in the future. But I, I feel exactly the same way you do. Like every episode, I'm waiting for some other bomb to drop that decimates their friendship. And I hate feeling that way because I just want to like go with it and enjoy where they're at right now. But obviously we know something's going to happen. Or maybe that's just it. Maybe they can't come together because of... Yeah, Husbands. I mean, Adam's already made it really clear. He doesn't, no matter what happens with Reza and MJ, he doesn't want anything to do with her, which I just think is childish. Like, you have to just let shit play out. You don't know how things are going to go. And, and he was the one that did wrong in the yeah. very first place. Yeah, like, he all needs this to be, kicked off because you were shady. He needs to show some humility. And I also think he's kind of a drama queen. We do see um, previews for the next scenes where he's like, I'm not comfortable releasing the... Um, it's like, dude... Come yeah. on. Like, this is not worth Tommy getting a felony over. Like, that's no. just not, it's just it's not, not cool. Um, no. And I hate to say it, but if this, if it turns out that MJ and Razor aren't friends because Adam's being a fucking little bitch, then I'm yeah. going to be pissed at Adam. Yeah. And I think that's rightly so. It may be a little angry at Reza. Yeah, but I mean, I know, but yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. incredibly difficult situation at that point. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're married. No, I get like, that. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think Adam shouldn't be putting him in this position because Adam's put Reza in some fucking difficult positions recently. And frankly, yeah. if he can avoid putting him in putting him in another, then he should. Right. Like just let like 
let him be friends with her. You yeah. were the one that did wrong shit in the beginning. She didn't set you up to do wrong shit. It's not like you texted her inappropriate things and she somehow cloned her phone and made it go to this guy. Like, yeah, you sent shitty, like really shady shit out there. You gave us some good material to work with. Like, let's yeah. all own our parts in this. And Adam right, played and a part and he needs to be get a on. fucking grown up. Be yeah. a grown up about it. Own yeah. your shit and move on. Uh, Last but not least, let's just have a quick chat about Gigi and Nima and the kiss and whether they, I mean, they're going to, I love. They are going to fuck at some point. But I love Nima for not fucking her when she's drunk. I do too. And she just doesn't get it. She's like, "Mm, you should have fucked me. He's like, I'm not going to fuck you when you're wasted. I'm not going to do it. And you know what? I think this is like a life lesson for every young man out there. Like, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just not a good idea to sleep with someone who's too wasted to really know what's going to go on. Like, I, you just don't do that. You just don't. You I let agree. her be pissed at you and have sex with you at a later date. But I also love that Gigi doesn't see the chivalry in that. She doesn't see <laughs> the decency in that. She's, She's like, but why offended. didn't you fuck? She's like, I'm just annoyed you didn't screw me. It's like, <laughs> babe, She's so like, crazy. come on. You're like setting feminism back 75 steps. I know. Like, come on, dude. Just, just go, oh. That's a new Thanks. concept. That's great. I love being respected. Thanks for waiting like for that. me to like be <sighs> clear-headed and give you proper consent. Thanks, Thanks for showing me the respect that I deserve <laughs> as a as a human with boobs and a vagina. Um, I, yeah, it baffles me. They're yeah. definitely going to shag. Yeah, um, totally. And I do love Nima, like sly smile at the end where he's like, "Gigi wants Gigi once told me she's never not got a guy." I'm I'm kind of glad to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too. I, I have a I have a big place in my heart for Nima, actually. Um, Me too. I liked the way he really, we didn't talk about this, but I really liked the way he kind of opened up to the group about how he's not cool with people being rude about Erica because of how much she really helped him and how much he struggles with like female relationships because of the relationship with his mom. And like, I just, I like him a lot. I think he's he a really puts himself good guy. out there. He is a good guy. And he- and I think he recognizes his shortcomings, and I think that's refreshing. Yeah, he's really evolved. Like, in a group full of very kind of yeah, really sweet, kind, but slightly old-school, emotionally not that evolved guys, he yeah. really stands out as somebody that, I mean, I am starting to get a little bit of a crush on him. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, not with the fake neck tattoos, but without the oh, fake you see, neck tattoos. Do you know tattoos. what? There was, I, was, I'm a, I mean, I don't want the fake neck tattoos, but I think Nima with some tattoos would be really fucking Oh, hot. yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of neck tattoos. Like, I've never seen anyone really done well. Yeah. I like tattoos, but I don't like, like, pink flamingos no, on the necks. That's what I mean. Not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, well, listen. All right. That wraps us up. Uh, do we have any housekeeping to take care of? No, keep sending the reviews. We got some new ones. Um, I obviously don't have them queued up to like name check at the moment, but we got a new one this week about our Tiger King episode. Um, that was fabulous. Thank you so much if that was you. We really um, appreciate that. Any reviews keep and rating really and reviewing. help us. Yeah, and send us your suggestions because I think we're going to do some more mini-sodes on popular shows. So if you're watching something you think we'll like, send it to us. We'll we'll. Try to give it a look over, a look-see, if you will. 
a look-see. Um, we're currently watching Too Hot to Handle, so there will be one uh, on that coming up shortly. But in the meantime, yes. we hope that you guys are having a great time. We hope that you are enjoying still surviving lockdown wherever you are. <laughs> um, and as ever, we'll be back next week. But until then, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Hold up. 